It's been over two years since a girl born into poverty was killed and dumped like trash. And still, her family is waiting for justice. Welcome to the fifth, but hopefully not the last episode of Justice for Capano. I'm your host, Alex Patrick. Capano's story haunts me. The failure of justice cannot go unchallenged. It is that failure that led me and the Sunday Times to create the short podcast series. You are listening to Justice for Copano, a short podcast series that dissects exactly what happened to Copano Molelekedi, a 10-year-old with endless potential who was struck down by a motorist, abducted in front of countless witnesses, and left for dead. In today's episode, we check in with her family two years after her death to see if any progress has been made and how they are managing in the wake of the harrowing ordeal. If you have not listened to the previous podcast, we strongly recommend you do so. Please be advised that this podcast contains descriptions of the death of a child that some people may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. I was saddened when I went and met Orapaleng and her family for the first time. I've been a journalist for a while and I'm well aware of how the majority of the country lives. I'm used to speaking to people inside of their shacks and in slums. But the way Orapaleng carries herself with such self-surety and confidence and it masks how she and Isaac have been struggling. I want people who can saw the car or the that person, or who we have an information about that? Can you please take, call me, take the thing to the police? Let that that person pay for what he did to me. What I want for, for my child is justice, so that he can rest with peace. This is what I want from her, from from that guy. They rely on government grants to feed their children, and their living conditions are not conducive to raising a family. But they try their best, and their children are bright, and they go to school so that they can lead a better life. Kopana was Orapaleng's firstborn. She was smart and destined for success. Isaac and Orapaleng were certain she would help uplift the family. She always tell me she was she want to be a social worker. Really? Mm. That's so sweet. She sounds so caring. Yeah. yeah. Did she say why she wanted to be a social worker? Uh, because I was opening my crash. It says, I want to take care of the children. There are children who don't have families, those who don't have parents. The others came to school, they don't eat nothing. Because I opened the crash for free. I didn't want people to pay for me because some people going to work. No one will take care of their children. Some others are hungry. They don't have food in the house, do you understand? Mm. So my boyfriend is not working. The job is just silly. But he says we can cook for the children as long as we want. So my plan is want to open a feeding scheme for their children. 
And Kopana saw that. Yeah, and Kopana saw that. And when he came to school, she come and stay with me and her friends with the children. Isaac and Orapaleng's first child together, Kaklejo, died of meningitis at just six months old. She was slightly younger than Kopano. We met since 2012, and then I fell pregnant for the first for his first child, Tutlejo. Uh, Tutlejo was suffering from meningitis, so we found later that Tutlejo is sick. So Tutlejo passed away. The family of Isaac helped me to bury my child with everything. They buried their own child. I was very sick after that. Mm. I didn't been right after that. After the deaths of both Copano and Kaklejo, the couple and their two remaining children moved into a single room in El Dorado Park. They did this because they couldn't face seeing the road where Copano had died every day. Sometimes I'm crying alone. I don't want to stay with people. Like I feel like I can sleep, stay alone. And I always keep my children indoors. I don't want them to go out because it's not safe outside. I'm scared to go and look for a job. Where my children I'm gonna live with, they are safe or not. Okay, you've already lost two. I already lost two. The room in El Dorado Park was made from separating an entrance to the house with corrugated iron. It had a double bed, a couch, and a fridge. That was their entire home. The roof was low, the room is dark and gloomy, and they shared the shell of this house with four other families. Each nook and every corner was turned into another room. On both the inside and the outside of the home, and each contained upwards of four people per room. At the end of 2019, the couple moved back to Jerusalem. Although a slum, their home there allows them a better life. They have a small plot of rooms Isaac made where they can charge rent. There's running water in the township and flushing toilets. The people there make their money through informal recycling and by digging gold as zamazamas in the shafts at the back of the neighborhood. Isaac and Urapaleng's home is situated near a makeshift wash plant where the crushed rock is sifted for gold. It's a better place, I agree, but it's far from adequate. But much better than the room in Aldo's. While we were there, Urapaleng showed me photos of the family in happier times. Kapano and sister Khotatso had their birthday just weeks apart. There were photos of the two with their own cakes and a big birthday party. They were happy. Khatatso still asks when Kopano, her best friend, will come home. Is Kopano, yeah? Is that Isaac there in the front? Yeah, he's Isaac and he's Khotatso. That one ah. was the only one, yeah. And that one in the Hello Kitty shirt. This one's yeah. you, hey? That looks like a nice, a nice party. Yeah, it was a nice party. Your house had cake. And, and your, your other two children, they remember her. Yeah, that, that small one can't remember her. But that one will always ask me, where is Kopano? Is he going to come back to, to us? I say, Kopano, visit my mother at home. He will come back when he finished school.
And since he says to me, Kopano used to pay Pani and go and play together. He always remember. She always ask, where is Kopano? Is it coming? I miss her. So I lie to my child. I don't know what I'm gonna lie for them for the rest of our life, for their lives or what. Or am I supposed to tell them the truth? Orapa Leng and Isaac were saving up for their wedding when Kapano died. They used the money they had saved for her funeral. We are engaged. Oh, congratulations. We, before that accident, we, we tried to get married. Unfortunately, we spent that money to the funeral. Gogo Tabojo refused to come to the funeral. She didn't want to believe that her beloved granddaughter had died. Tell me, um, talk to me about your mom. My mom, is, she's very sick. Already she was sick before. But after what happened to the two children, she, is, she can't cope. She's really, really sick. I didn't have the money to go and visit her before. Before, after. She didn't even come to the funeral. She can't. She don't believe exactly what like happened. Yes, like Kopano did. Urapa Leng describes the dream she had the night before Kopano was killed. That day, last night, I have a terrible dream. I see Kopano with a big hair and wearing a red t-shirt and he was like in a dream and we like he that dream was and that was the first night that, that was the no i didn't know it was on wednesday night then we hear that copano passed away on thursday that's why i first called his father because i want to tell her tell him about that the dream Unfortunately, it was too late. So you dreamt that something was going to happen the day before yes. you found out where she had gone? Yes. The day before she died. Oh, that's yeah. awful. Sure. Okay. And I told my husband when I wake up, I say, I have a terrible dream. I soak up on with the big hair. And in our culture, when you see someone have this, it's a... It means it, it's going to be a funeral. She dreamt Kapano came to her in a red t-shirt with a very large head. Orapaleng said that in her culture, a large head in a dream meant that something terrible was going to happen. After her funeral, Orapaleng said Kapano came to her again and spoke to her about the man who had hit her. She said, Mama, Mama, this is the man who was driving. She's also racked with guilt because when Kapano left home on the day of the accident, they'd had a massive fight. Why was she going to see her dad on that particular day? Uh, she was asking for money for trip, school trip, yeah. For a school trip. I wasn't having money because I already buy food for them and pay transport for her. So I tell her, you know, I don't have money. Kopanda day was very angry, says me, I'm going. I tried to beg her, don't go, I will try my best to find the 
the money. Just wait two days, maybe. I'll, I'll get the money. She didn't want to listen. She was so, shouting at me. She says, no, I'm going. So she went to go see her dad. Yeah. And she was fighting with you that day. She was very, very cross. That must be terrible that that's the last thing that you yes. got to chat to your daughter about. Orapalang and Isaac didn't have the money to send her on a class trip. So Kapana woke up earlier before school to go to her biological father's house to ask for money. She was supposed to return home and then Isaac would take her to school. She will never forget that the last words they spoke together were in anger. She says at night when the couple and their little ones are cuddled up in bed. She waits until everybody is asleep and then she allows herself to weep silently into her pillow. During lockdown, like many families in South Africa, they became desperate for food and I dropped off some supplies. Even the Zamazamas went into lockdown and the settlement's businesses of gold and recycling came to a standstill. It wasn't even days before people living from hand to mouth, like those who live in Jerusalem, were desperate and had to resort to begging for food. In July 2020, the Road Accident Fund finally paid out Kapano's family. It only covered the cost of the funeral, barely 20000 That's what Kapano's life was worth. For Kapano's family, 20000 is a lot of money. Isaac bought Urapaleng an engagement ring, and the family are putting money towards their wedding. And finally, a gravestone for Kapano. Gogo Tabojo remains in hospital. According to the statistics from Arrive Alive, 12,921 people died on our roads in 2018. Kapano was just one of those lives cut short in a crash that should never have happened. She was dropped off on the busy Albertina Sisulu Road. Her taxi driver had the responsibility to ensure that he dropped her at a place where she could cross the busy road safely. She was 10. Witnesses say that the driver who hit Kapano was speeding. If he hadn't been, he could have seen her crossing and stopped in time. If he were driving slower, her injuries may have been less severe. Kapano is not just another road victim. She is one of our children who had dreams of helping impoverished communities like the one she came from. Her death is our loss. Because I'm very poor, they can take every, they can do whatever they want. I feel like, you know, I'm nothing. I, I feel like I, 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 I failed her. We are just living in the world for nothing. Perhaps you were there. Perhaps you saw what happened. Now is your chance to help and come forward with any details about the man who crashed into a little girl on September 6, 2018. Every little bit of information can help bring us justice to this little girl's family. If you are the woman who called Kapano's grieving mom to apologize, come forward. Contact me with any information you may have on the event. My details are in the description of this podcast. There has been no justice for Kapano, 
and it's high time that her family receives some. This story is a passion project for us at the Sunday Times. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. You can subscribe for free on all major platforms, including Spotify, Iono FM, Pocket Cast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We remain hopeful that this production will lead to justice for Kopano and her family. Please share this podcast and spread the word. We can still find justice for Kopano. Voiceover and reporting done by Alex Patrick. Additional voicing by Zama Lutsuli. Production and sound design by Paige Muller. Editorial assistance by News and Investigations Editor Nikki Gulesh. Executive production by Head of Multimedia Scott Peter Smith. Justice for Kopano is a production of Sunday Times and Multimedia Live. Subscribe for free to catch future episodes. 